Alright everybody, on this week's episode of That Movie Podcast with Bob and Jason, Scott Schiaffo. So, everybody, we got Jason, Matt, and Amanda in the house. How's it going, guys? It's alright. Yeah? I am playing the role of Bob today, I think. Yeah, sort of. No, Scott kind of does the role of Bob. Uh, Yeah, uh, so Bob is missing in action. He actually, uh, he got the flu, and um, I'm so sad. I feel like my better half is gone. I feel like I'm missing a thumb. Ah! <laughs> You'll know what that means whenever we get to uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Your better half do with the thumb. Remember that whole thing we talked about with butt stuff? Huh. Whoa. Yeah. I thought no butt stuff. No, but butt stuff. Yeah, no butt stuff. No, no, comma, butt stuff. Right, no butt stuff. No, butt stuff. No butt stuff. <laughs> We're going to edit this in post. <laughs> I want that in. <laughs> oh, it'll be in, trust me. The butt Whoa. stuff. The butt stuff. No butt will stuff. be in. No. In where? Butt stuff. I'm saying like butt stuff is a fact, but that's where poop comes from. No. You know. Butt stuff. Not today. It doesn't trust me. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today. Now it's thumb stuff. Huh. Um. <laughs> this is gonna be the, like the weirdest episode to edit. Thanks, I Bob. Thanks, Bob, for not being here to control us. Yeah, I know. You rein us in, Bob. Cats marrying dogs, mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> Cats marrying dogs. So, uh, anybody? Uh, oh, hey, Mandar, you uh, and your band played in the Los Angeles. I did. Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about it. You really want to hear about it? Yes. Well, uh, hey, hey, tell us about your band. I don't think we've ever talked about your band on the show. You're in a band. Hell yeah, I'm in a band. Son. An awesome band. An amazing band. We are a... Um, question mark. <laughs> we are a question mark. Female-fronted symphonic metal band. Yes. That's all what we are. All I'm, about the female, female fronts. Female fronts. Yeah, I like female fronts. Yeah. Myself. I mean... Who doesn't like a good female front? Yeah, as opposed to a back. Well, I like a female back, too. So. No butt stuff. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, Go on. Uh, uh, what do you play? I'm the keyboardist. I play the keys. Jingle. It just does that the entire time. <laughs> this band is shit. <laughs> no, no, no. They're it's, super it's, good. It's What's your real band grassroots. Called? Oh yeah, our name. <laughs> Spirit descending. Yeah. Look us up. Add us. Like us. Subscribe. Subscribe. Wait, is there a subscribey? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Sure. Just okay. Type it into Google. You know. Yeah. Google them. Google. You can Google Spirit them com. all day long. You can Google me all day long. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> but stuff. <laughs> Just took a dark, dark turn. Brown turn. <laughs> This is going to be at the beginning, and Scott's going to be like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> we'll edit that in post. So, um, how many albums do you guys have? Well, I mean, technically we have two that are done. One unreleased. Yet to be released. One more butt stuff. Anal bum cover. <laughs> I was in a spit take. 
<laughs> I was drinking water right when you said that. <coughs> oh, man. Shuck it, Trebek. Shuck it long, shuck it hard. <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, do you want to say anything else about your band? How was your trip to L.A.? Well, I'll just I'll just say that we got banned from um, one of the clubs. Nice. Because we were too loud. Because you were metal. We were too metal. They couldn't handle it. So they were like, get the fuck out. Turn that fucking music down. Your <laughs> band got banned. That is metal. I, I want to get that song that you made and I'll be playing that <laughs> in the background right now. <laughs> yes, please. Terrible. So, um, Matt, you do anything fun? I watched uh, three movies this week. Yes. And I was on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Are you going to be on uh, Beers for Gamers anymore? Uh, not that I know of. I'm usually just, if, if someone gets sick, like our Bobby, they call me in. Oh, okay. That's about it. Hey, but, yeah, uh, check out Beers for Gamers if you like beer or games or um, people talking. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. People talking about beers and games. People talking. I watched uh, Kung Fury. Kung Fury was awesome. Oh this week. my god! We'll probably get into that some other time, but we uh, will get into that. We have to get into that right. soon. Watch Kung Fury now, and then listen to our episode whenever that comes out. Yes. It's only half an hour, and it is literally the '80s boiled down into a single cup. I want to. Yeah. Speaking of cups, when we we I want to when we do that that mini cast. I want to. We just. We're just gonna mystery science theater three thousand it. <laughs> we're just gonna watch it and talk about it. And I want to play a drinking game while watching the movie. So by the end, I want to get gonna, just. I want to get terrible. sloshed. It's gonna be terrible. Yes. So uh, we're gonna get uh, Scott on the phone or on the Skype, Skype sometime soon here. Scott Schiappo from the movie Clerks. Well, that's what is uh, what what I initially heard of him as he plays mm-hmm. the mr chuli's chewing gum rep and um he did it he pretty, did a pretty good, damn good job we kind of talked about that on yeah. for a second though. also a musician also author yes a man of many hats very many all right scott Schiaffo. here we go all right we got scott Schiaffo in the house in his in his house across the united <laughs> states <laughs> hello hello guys How's it going? Are we gonna turn these fans? It's off? going well, oh, man. Oh shoot! Going well. <laughs> I turned that one off. Can you turn that one off? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> really blow it. So the the audio is really crappy until we turn oh, the, no. the uh, fans off. Now it sounds yeah, a little I more just... professional, perhaps. Whoa. Perhaps not. Chill. Uh. I can hear. I can hear way better now. Yes. Oh, me too. I don't too. kick this stand. Yeah. Oh well. Well, okay. whatever. Um. Yeah, we're not going for, you know, 100% studio quality. We're sort of in a back room in my house. Um, but hey, uh, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. Like, this is awesome. I mean, you were definitely doing us the hugest of favors right now. Oh, no, it's my pleasure, man. I, I really I really enjoy getting involved with a lot of the podcasting because I think it's a really awesome medium, and I think it's very empowering and I love the fact that people with a lot of passion about whether it's films or whatever your podcast is about, you can now jump out there and you know do your thing and find an audience. I think it's fabulous. Heck yeah! I think that's the coolest thing about podcasts in general. Um, it's kind of almost like the Wild West where you can't really uh, there's there's not a lot of rules to it yet. It's still somewhat newer. Uh, I know it's been around for a while, but I feel like like I tell people at work like yeah, so I, I'm recording this podcast tonight. Oh, you have a podcast? Like yeah, I'm in you know. 
20 and older so i have to have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) no it's 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 a pretty amazing thing i mean it's i sometimes wonder about not necessarily the the volume of uh the amount of people doing it compared to how many people are out there to listen in a sense but i just think it's wonderful that you know you can really find the find your voice and you know, share your passions. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And it's no holds barred. You know, you kind of, you, you find your way as you go. It's just pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm, a buddy of mine was, uh, he was on a radio show, um, because he does his own, he does the firefly podcast where they do like a real play, um, you know, RPG thing and they record it and put it out. He, uh, he was on a local radio show and he was basically talking about how awesome podcasts are because really, your listeners are seeking you out. You know, they're the ones who are really like looking for your stuff. And um, it's, it's, you, you really choose to listen to it. It's not just like whatever's on the radio, you know, you actually choose what you listen to. So thank you, listeners, for choosing us. Thank that you. movie podcast yeah, yeah. with Bob and Jason. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Bob. Yes, rest sure. in peace, Bob. Bob is dead. Um, he'll be back next time. Yes, he'll be back. He'll be back from the dead next on time. The, on, reanimate him. On the third pod, he will rise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's get to know uh, Scott Schiaffo a little bit Um, I know the way um, I heard about you was you were on the movie Clerks correct um, yeah I just actually like I watched that movie when I was like maybe 15 or 16 and um, I just watched it again yesterday uh, or day before I can't remember it was it was like at lunchtime I was eating lunch oh I'll watch Clerks and it was totally better than I remember. It was so funny. Like when I was, you know, younger, I really didn't care about anything. And uh, sure. watching watching it when I'm older now, I'm 27. I was just like, I was super impressed. And Scott, you did a very good job in that movie, by the way, as the Chulies chewing gum rep. Oh well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think I do think that the the target age range to to really enjoy it would have to be you know 18 or older maybe 21 or older just because kevin's dialogue is fairly you know it's very intelligent actually oh yeah definitely you know it's not it's not i mean it might be what he calls dick and fart and have a lot of toilet humor per se (laughs) but it's intelligent it's intelligent writing and you know the, the the vocabulary is pretty pretty his vocabulary is very impressive that's one of the things that really impressed me when i met him because um, I was older than those cats. I was a good handful of years older than everybody on that film, basically. But, um, yeah, I, I, it makes sense to me that you would enjoy it a lot more now as an yeah. older guy. Uh, and, you know, the, the, I can't imagine, you know, the anybody 14 or 50 really getting it the way somebody 21 or older I really, anyway. I really didn't. I didn't at all. Yeah. No. Sure. But it's definitely one of those movies I've watched like once every couple of years. And it, it does get funnier as time goes by for me, but maybe it's because I'm understanding more um, as I get older. Um, yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, sure. That's, it, that's, it, it, I feel like that's most it, of his movies. Um, I definitely enjoy mo- a lot of them as time goes by, uh, the more I watch them. Sure. Uh, ex- except sure, for I mean, Tusk. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm really... <laughs> except what? Except for Tusk. Yeah, well, I tell you, Tusk was... Uh, I, I, I didn't... I, I really didn't know what to make of it myself. I, I, I think the thing with Tusk is... And we didn't want to get into talking about his movies too much. (laughs) It puts me in a bad position because, uh, you know, uh, certainly I'm not going to publicly 
say anything negative in a sense. Well, I'd rather we'll say nothing at all. Anything incriminating. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, it was just I, definitely a different turn for what he usually does. Does and uh, that that was kind of my thing. Like I really didn't know what I was walking into. I didn't see any previews or anything like that. I just saw like, oh, hey, this is gonna be a Kevin yeah, Smith movie. Kevin Smith movie, Justin Long uh, about people that do podcasts. Okay, and it was you know basically Kevin oh, Smith yeah, does no. the Human Centipede. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, Shocking, yeah, it was. It was pretty shocking. So, the, what, what, what was difficult for me, yeah, and then we'll get off Tusk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get off the, we should get off his movies in general because it's yeah. just weird. I, it's impossible for me not to be partial to the guy, yeah. uh, and and, and uh, you know, and, and not a kiss ass either. No, that, no, but um, but I mean, I love the guy and I love all of his stuff and I applaud the, whatever effort, even if he might miss the mark. Which, you know, I don't. I, Tusk. I think the thing with Tusk. Well, for me, I like Justin Long a lot, yeah. uh, and I'm partial to Justin Long. And although he was playing a despicable character, his his you know his comeuppance was so horrid that it was difficult to sit through. You know, yeah. I mean, it it was really rattling. It really was a that kind of reminds me of a movie we watched for this podcast, Angel Heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, like, uh, do you have any questions for Scott? Throughout yeah, let's, well, let's, like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to just, like, spend a little bit of time getting to know you. Like, like, uh, what do you, I mean, I know you picked Mickey Rourke for the episode. Um, what, what is, is he your favorite actor? Or do you have any other favorite actors out there? Well, I, I think we were talking when we were, we were having some messages. Uh, it's, I've been ensconced in films and music i'm a musician as well i'm actually a musician since i'm a, a little child far longer than i've been acting nice. but i've been it i've been ensconced in it so long that you know it's impossible to pick even a top three actors really or a top 10 movies maybe i could do top 10 movies if i had to yeah. like desert you know desert island movie kind of thing but it's hard because i i'm so passionate about you know that's why I was saying I couldn't say very too many critical things about Kevin. In general, I try to find something to like about, you know, a lot of things or I'll say nothing at all or I'll just leave it alone. Like, I, you know, there's certain genres that are not my particular favorite genre. I'm not a big sci-fi guy. I'm not a big uh, war movie guy. I'm usually not a big period piece guy. Like, uh, I hate periods. It, yeah, if you, <laughs> if, if you go back... You know, if you go back into the 20th century or whatever, you know, 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, but things that go way back, you know, uh, I just just not a big period piece kind of guy or war movie or sci-fi. But that said, there are sci-fis I do enjoy and there have been war movies I did enjoy. But um, as a rule, um, I try to befriend only because I've been in it so long myself and I know how difficult it is. Oh, yeah to get anything made let alone something made that's really special you know i mean it, there's a running joke in a in the business as well as it's in a movie called mistress and you know one director and producer is talking to another guy and he said there's an amazing amount of respect in this town for somebody who even makes a piece of shit just because you've made <laughs> just because you made a film i mean it's very difficult to get something from start to finish and then get it released and distributed yeah, that's it's not easy. Yeah, it's a lot easier now with uh, what's going on digitally, and there's a lot more Concurry. powerful. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more powerful tools in a lot more people's hands. You oh know. yeah, but and that's, um, that's in the, in the yeah. music biz too. I'm a musician, and in the music biz too, the the amount of powerful equipment you have just 
in a home studio now right. compared to what what was maybe even maybe even five ten years ago is just Absolutely. exponentially better than it than it ever was. Straight up. Well, even then, like, uh, like you brought up uh, uh, Kung Fury. I don't know, Scott, if you've seen Kung Fury. It just uh, released on YouTube uh, like a week ago, if not that uh, sooner. Um, it's kind of sci-fi. It might it's, not it's, be as it's a ridiculous like uh, boiled down '80s action movie. It's only a half hour long. And the guy made a lot of it just, you know, all green screen. And he made a music video with David Hasselhoff in his basement. That's so cool. I haven't, yeah. I haven't caught up to it yet. No. I haven't seen the, the, the <laughs> music we're videos. Gonna, we're going to do a mini cast on Kung Fury. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, you know, you see, like, all the, you know, they went the best uh, uh, visual effects in there. But they were still really good, especially for it the budget that he had. It was a really well done movie. And, you know, a lot yeah. of it was just done in a basement, if not just, like, a warehouse with a green screen. Yeah. So, well, so, uh, it, it does. It puts the tools in a lot of people's hands, you know. Okay. And, and if somebody has the skills, you know, there's also a lot more mediocrity out there. Uh. You know, there's, a, there, there's now there's nine million things to weed through before maybe you get something special. But then you get the diamond in the rough there, yeah. Right, but um, it's pretty amazing. Like you know, I, I am a, older than you folks certainly, and I, I've been around a while, and to see the music business and the film business change so much over the last twenty years, it's it's mind blowing to me. You know, because I came up at a time when. We actually still shot movies on film, yeah. You know, and and I, you know, I, I bought my music at a record store. You know, I mean, so, but I I love technology. I'm not one of these older cats who, you know, has a hard on for the technology and thinks it ruined everything. I think it's awesome, <laughs> but um, you know, it's you just snappers. I'm happy to have lived through it and seen a lot of different yeah. phases. You know. Yeah, yeah. And if it makes you feel any better, you look much younger than Jason. <laughs> oh, oh man God. yes you do um <laughs> you bastard so uh, <laughs> um okay speaking of um superhero type things like we were talking about with kung fury because it's sort of about a superhero right, this I'll is a, just an awful segue so <laughs> scott i have a really dumb a really I guess you could say immature question I like to ask all our guests just to kind of okay. get to know what kind of weird ideas they can come up with. So I, I, I kind of forewarned you here. So if you could have one superpower, but it had to be completely unique to you and it couldn't be something you would find in the comics or anything, what would it be? Wow, that's that's a really hard one. Is yep. it, okay, it, it's a super. <laughs> It's a superpower that's completely unique to me, meaning it's not something you've seen done in the comics. Exactly. Some, something that's not mainstream. Like an example was uh, my, my first time on the show, he asked me the same question, and I said that I wish I had the ability to uh, stop time whenever I took a nap. So I can rest whenever oh. I want, and you know, no, no one's the wiser. Everyone thinks I'm constantly awake. Yeah, he would never lose right. any time. And then, uh, well, yeah, no, that's pretty my, cool. my superpower is I have an exploding high five. Which made no sense. It was dumb. So. No, 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 no. There's some logic behind it. All right. So, so I would, I would uh, make friends with the bad guy, and um, they would think I was a bad guy too, and we'd be going along, and they would do something particularly bad, and I'd be like, "All right, dude, high five, and I'd high five them, and they just blow up. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. That's See? pretty clever. See? <laughs> I don't know, guys. You know, so, <laughs> unfortunately, um, unfortunately, like. Comics and superhero stuff are another one of those genres where I'm a fan of certain things, but you know it's not necessarily my bag. So I'm I'm having a hard time thinking about. It's no problem. I kind of wish Bob was here because you two would 
get along. Yes. I'm just trying. You know, I can't imagine. Like, you know, there's so many ways you can go with it. I, I, I would like to. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, some kind of super. You know, I love animals, and I do a lot of charity work with animals. Maybe something where I could sort of psychopathically empower animals to uh, possibly uh, be able to foil criminals on some level oh, when they used to expect oh that would be awesome you could be like the the, like... the zookeeper <laughs> and just just oh, it would in... probably be, be like well, what was that a, the ace ventura but yeah of, <laughs> there you go that instead works. of a pet detective he would kind of be like a maybe just a, a power them with knowledge oh pet whisperer <laughs> well, but he'd be able to empower them he'd be able to empower them with some kind of amazing power yeah. where they was could it? foil some kind of wrongdoing wasn't that in a movie where the dude could like talk with the animals and stuff? If I could walk with yeah. the animals. Uh, what was that? Dr. Doolittle. That's, that's Doolittle. There you go. Yeah. You could be, yeah, that, you'd just be Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doomlittle. Doomlittle. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a villain. Yeah. yeah. That would be an awesome villain. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's shift, uh, shift gears here. Let's get into the first movie. So, uh, what should we do first, guys? Let's open up IMDb here. Let's go with uh, Barfly first. Barfly? Yeah. All right. Some people never go crazy. What truly horrible lives they must lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Barfly is a comedy, drama, romance, kind of all wrapped into one. Uh, release date, September 2nd, 1987. Uh, cast includes Mickey Rourke, Faye Dunaway, um, Alicia, or Alice, whoops. Whoa. Alice Krieg, Jack Nance, and tons of others. Oh, and Frank Stallone as Eddie. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest note, too, is Francis Ford Coppola directed it, which is pretty huge. Huge. Uh, well, no, that was it was Barbette Schroeder. Was it? Did oh, he yeah. produce it? Because I, I did see his name flash on the screen. No, he might have been one of the producers. That's probably That's what it was. Barbette Schroeder. Yeah, Barbette you're right. Schroeder. Yeah, you're, you're right. The same cat that did um, Single White Female. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think Coppola might have had something to do with the... It. I remember his name flashing on the screen and I probably just assumed director right. since... Right, right. No, no, he didn't direct. Yeah. So, so um, uh, Scott, okay, first off, who's your favorite character in that, in that movie? Well, of course it's Chinaski and see, here's the thing. I'm a huge Charles Bukowski fan. Yes. And that's based on one of his books. Yeah. And Rourke is actually playing Charlie Bukowski because Charlie Bukowski's one of his surnames and characters he created for himself in his books was Henry Chinaski. So he's really playing. It's, it's loosely based on a very real person. You know, so people who might not know that going in, it, it it's, you know, more of a, fictional story yeah. and the people the people who are aware of Bukowski and maybe you know are fans of Bukowski know that this is based on uh loosely based on the real Charles Bukowski in fact the real Charles Bukowski is sitting at the bar having a couple of drinks during the scene where Chinaski first meets the Faye Dunaway character yeah. the real Charlie Bukowski really but, yeah uh there's I did not know that yeah, I've never I've never heard of him before, but uh, I did find out after watching the movie that yeah he was on one scene. Um, kind of reminded me a lot of like uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This was kind of before right. uh, Hunter S. Thompson, 
And even in Fear and Loathing, Hunter S. Thompson makes an appearance in, in, in uh, Fear and Loathing. So right. it reminded me a lot of that, but kind of a prior, less psychedelic type of thing. Right. It, you know, basically it was, I mean, Bukowski's whole life was uh, alcohol and poetry infused. He was a he was a street poet, and he also wrote short stories and short novels. Uh, Barfly was a one of his novels or novelettes, but um, and he, of course all of his writing was kind of semi autobiographical. So that was um, that's another reason why I'm so such a fan and so drawn to that film because not only does it have Mickey Rourke, but I'm also a very big Charles Bukowski fan. So for me, it was you know win win on a lot of levels. Oh yeah. Matt, how about you? What was your favorite? Who's your favorite character? Mine, mine's kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> so uh, I, um, I, don't, I don't know if you, uh, Scott, watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I love those guys. So Mac's mom is in it. She plays Janice. She's you know kind of one of the uh, the the bar uh, attendants yeah. or whatever yeah. you would call them. She's you know this crazy small thing and like a leather jacket and tight pants and she at the beginning of the movie is like screaming behind him like yeah yeah knock him out and whatever yeah, and yeah i don't know i just i i like that she, i don't know that character was just such a party as a person yeah and, yeah and she wasn't in much of it but i i just well she, she was she was a bar fly yeah yeah, yeah she was my, my favorite character at first was napoleon dynamite's mom grandma but that's the same grandma. that's the same lady <laughs> i was slapping so hard when i saw her but then after that the scene where the, the the old dude goes in the bar and he gets a shot of bourbon and, and he can't yeah, he, he can't drink shaking, it. Yeah, he shaking, actually has <laughs> And he has to get his scarf. So I just wrote down favorite character, scarf guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was so awesome. Um my favorite line in the movie. My god, there's nothing left. She's like a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I didn't bite your champagne cork off. Oh, oh man, she was she was pretty awesome. Oh I I, I think uh, my my favorite line uh, was probably most people's. I, I think this is probably the most quoted, but it's the uh, "Do you hate people? I hate people. I don't hate them, but I'm probably not saying it right. No, I don't hate them, but I do feel a lot better when they're not around. Yeah, right. That's right. well, the same thing with. Uh, I'm pretty sure they say that about the police as well. A couple of times in there, yeah. You know, um, and that's all pure Bukowski, you know, that's yeah, right well, out of the which book. Which is actually what kind of drew me to Bukowski when, uh, when I was like a teenager, you know, reading that kind of stuff. Cause I hated everybody. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? You got a fr- favorite line, Scott? Uh, gosh. Well, you know, that tagline is another one of his most powerful yeah. lines. Oh yeah. Of his, you know, some people never go mad with truly horrible lives they must lead. That's a great one. Um, there's a couple of poems that Rourke recites in there during some of his really shortly after she brains him with that handbag oh, and man, he's bleeding yeah. in the sink. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't recall it verbatim now, but that's one of my favorite passages. And, yeah, and then when the, when the EMT guys come to the door oh, and, he's, and he's got the classical music blasting and he's covered in blood and they say to him, uh, well, actually, it might not be the EMT guys. It might be the the private eye. Are you Henry Chinaski? No, I'm Leon Spinks. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that scene. I, I, he's covered I in blood. I, I thought that does get it. Well, he's covered in blood, you know, and like he just lost a prize fight. Oh, okay. That you know that this this movie like whenever whenever I was watching it at first I was kind of like 
this movie is about nothing. It's just completely about nothing. And I was just watching it going like, what the hell? Like, this is just about nothing. And um, as it went on, I started realizing that that's kind of what the beauty of the movie was, is the fact that it's, it's, that's what it has to say is that, like, 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 uh, Char- Charlie Chinaski, what, Mickey, what is it? I can't yeah, his name yeah, now. yeah, Henry, Henry Chinaski. Henry Chinaski, yeah, he, like, he, well, for one, I kind of took away from, because from, I, I really like looking for deeper meanings in things, and um, as far as a deeper meaning through most of the movie, I was realizing, you know, like, for one, it's so, like, he's, he's perfectly happy not putting any worth into anything, and then at the end, you kind of see, by the same token, as, you know, you, they, they kind of show the contrast between, like, the, the rich people and the poor people, and he was talking about how there's just a... a a cage with gold bars. Well, he's yeah. putting himself in his own cage of of you know unemployment and and right. uh, and uh, obscurity. Really, alcoholism. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and so it's, it's just amazing how um, this this movie really says like basically nothing has any worth unless we put worth in it. And and Henry Chinaski kind of puts worth in nothing, whereas other people put worth in stuff. And so I, I thought it was just kind of a cool. It really made me think of, of, of my own life, which is kind of funny because most of the movie, I didn't like it. And then I started yeah. thinking about myself and how that applied to me. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that is a and I thought about the choices, too. And I wondered if we should have if I should have shied away from that one. No, no, you it was a, good. Well, no, I've, not I've, because it's, it's definitely not for everybody in yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, that whole alcoholic world and that, you know. The, the 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 deadbeat poet and whatnot uh, I mean I that's a big part of my life though as well because I also wrote and I also have a book out and I had been writing during a lot of my alcohol and drug days I mean I'm clean and sober now many years but nice. I, I, I just really identified with that because it was a big part of my life at that time in the 80s and 90s but that film definitely is not for everybody and you know I could see where because essentially it's a slice of life. It's truly not about oh, yeah. any, you know, it's a slice of life type of thing and that's it. And you're yeah. either moved by it and entertained by it and hopefully moved by it in some way or, you know, it's not for you. I mean, it's, it, Bukowski himself is his least favorite movie of his work. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, okay, I just lo- was looking back at my notes and kind of going back to what I was saying where, you know, um, the only thing that really is worth anything is what we make it. Is uh, that that line he says? Um, the more crap you believe in, the better off you are. <laughs> and he himself doesn't believe in anything. And it's it's kind of funny how 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 big of a, a contradiction he is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of it that way. But um, I don't I don't recall the line about the more crap you believe in, the better off you are. That he was I telling mean, it to uh, what was the rich girl. Um, the book producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said was something talking to her, and and um, oh wait, no, 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 no. He was talking to the the alcoholic chick. Yeah, that's right. They were sitting right. in. I remember that line. I just don't remember the scene very well. Yeah, I, I don't even that's... remember now. Shoot. Oh well, I should have taken better. <laughs> um, for right, for right. me though, um, experience in the movie. This, like I said, it was my first time. Um, it was so funny, but also very tragic. I thought so. I thought yeah. it kind of oh, like, yeah. you know, it it did that very well. You don't really see that a lot um, with current movies that are coming out so i i right. it was really the first time i kind of experienced something like that and i really i really enjoyed it cool yeah yeah the the 
one part too that I thought was so it had such a surreal feeling to me. I don't really know why, but when I was watching it, I just I I felt weird. Like oh, I myself felt weird. Me, yeah, you know, it was the ending. You know, that's just the way they ended it was just you know this is this is a cycle this is a cycle and it's just gonna keep going and the the scene that really made me feel like i just i i felt surreal i have no idea how how to describe how i felt but it was that dude his neighbor tries to kill him with a knife (laughs) to me it was like a more extreme like uh uh fred and ethel from i love lucy (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but he tries to kill him ends up stabbing himself and there's not any difference in the mood of the movie or anything. Right. The music doesn't yeah. change. Uh, his attitude doesn't change. Like this dude is just totally unfazed by anything. Yeah. And, well, he does. He does call him an ambulance. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's still no like, like the background. You know, like a lot of times in in cinematography, you use music to kind of convey emotions. And when the yeah. music or there is no music there at all, it's just sort of just background noise. Yeah. And this dude gets killed, gets stabbed, or gets stabbed in the stomach, is laying there, yeah. and nothing happens. It was just so surreal to me, and I was just sitting there going like, "What?" I, a lot of like the the beginning fight scene reminded me of Day Live. Like that's probably the longest fight scene in any movie. It was a lot shorter, definitely, in Barfly, but you know, no music and just straight punch, 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 and that was it. So, if if you like that type of thing, check that one out. Yeah. Well, I think I mean there's I think there's a lot of irony in that scene because he's. He's actually going in there for what he thought was a noble reason. Oh, he definitely, thought, yeah. He thought this woman was being beaten up, and it turns out she digs it. Yeah. You know? And then the guy thought he was going to have fun with him, and then they were going to fight. And, uh, you know, so I, irony, and they even talk about it later. That guy, you know, was out of... He was out on parole, and he was already yeah. he he had already been up for murder before, and yeah. it was a crazy movie. I like it. I've been I I, uh, I I used to work at a blockbuster. I was recommended it uh, years ago, but I never got a chance to check it out because we never carried it. But yeah. I've always been wanting to watch it, so I'm glad I, I got a chance finally. So honestly, I don't have a whole lot of notes to this movie. So um, rating time. Yeah, let's rate it. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Scott, uh, you got any? Well, now what 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 is the rating system here? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You can. Uh, you could be our. You could be our Bobby. Bobby. Bob usually does like a one out of ten. Just simple rating. Uh, me and Jason usually do something stupid that doesn't make sense. I wrote. Hold on. I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine ratings for this movie. Right. Wow. <laughs> Prepared. What do you mean nine different ratings? Nine different ratings. <laughs> I've accidentally stole his rating scales before, so he. So I, I came. I come prepared now. Because me and Matt, like, like it's kind of scary how alike we think. Like, the ratings will be worded the exact same way. So, uh, uh, Scott, you want us to go first, or do you want to go first? Well, I mean, if, I would, if I'm, if I'm going to, like, do my own system, if, if I had a 1 to 10 system, Barfi would probably be uh, probably a s- solid 7 for me, because there's things about it that are very personal to me, you know? For uh, for me, I would give it about a three and a half uh, fifths of liquor. <laughs> you didn't steal mine. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm going to just read all my ratings. Wow. Just do one. No, I'm going to read them all. Fine. I'm proud of them. I'm proud. Okay, my rating, first rating, one $20 blowjob. Nice. <laughs> By the way, gas and blowjobs were really cheap back then. Oh, apparently. I know. I was, <laughs> uh, one out of two girls. 
<laughs> two out of three calls to the cops. Uh-huh. Three out of five fights with Eddie. One tax return wasted. <laughs> uh, okay, and then I'll just go to the last one, which which is just me being a dick. Uh, two out of 1.5 hours wasted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Eddie, I guess Frank Stallone, like, hate being uh, uh, remembered in that movie or something. I, I heard really? someone like you know ran into him and you know I liked you in Barfly a lot and just like He's walked like, away. Fuck you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of bizarre because I, I did like I like his I liked his well I didn't like his character but I did like his, uh, his job, uh, portrayal. His job, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of strange. So uh, next movie here. What should we do next, guys? It's up to you. I don't, you know, cause, Why don't we do Angel Heart and then we'll end with Pope of Greenwich Village? Okay. Okay. There's a lot of sarcasm in my notes for this movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, man, I wish Bob was here. Bob, peace, get Bob. well soon. When you hear this, um, I love you, Bob. Okay. I, uh, I'll never say that to your face, but I love you. In the spirit of the movie, we'll give him someone's heart to eat. We'll get... <laughs> We're going to have to revive him with voodoo anyway. So... so uh... Angel Heart. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, you do the IMDb thing. I have my notes up. Harry Angel is a private investigator. He is hired by a man who calls himself Luis Saifier to track down a singer called Johnny Favorite. But the investigation takes an unexpected and somber turn. His name is Harry yeah. Angel? Harry Angel. Ooh, let's just, I just picture... Like it's a, Matt. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this one, to- this one caught me off guard. I didn't know um, anything about the movie again, and we so do I credits for who's sure. in it. Go for it. Okay. Um, release date: March sixth, nineteen eighty-seven. Tagline: It will scare you to your very soul. That's the um, tagline. That's what it says here, which I I'm not impressed by. They they could do better. Wow. Yeah, I <laughs> I never saw that tagline. What what's what's the tagline? You know, let's let's hear it. Well, honestly, I don't think I know a tagline, but I thought I would remember that because that's really kind of corny. That is really I mean, corny. compared to what the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so director Alan Parker, um, writers Alan Parker. William. Oh my God, uh, William Hjorstberg. 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 He's actually the guy that wrote the. Oh, the novel. Yeah. Yes, Falling Angel. Um, and Alan Parker wrote the screenplay. Uh, yeah. Uh, cast uh, Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro in probably his most unique role I've ever seen him in. Um, Lisa Bonet, oh, cool. Charlotte Rampling, and right. several others right. who we, don't, we probably probably don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, that opening scene was uh, it definitely pulled me in. Uh, I was I was intrigued because you know they showed the whole dead body and. Yeah. It's in the alley, and the cats are kind of just going around, and and I was yeah. I was definitely intrigued, and then bored. <laughs> I kind of looked away at the beginning, so like I saw a dead body, and so I was like, okay, it's gonna be like a murder mystery. And then uh, once we met uh, Luis Saifier, I was like, okay, that man's the devil, yeah, uh, just by his <laughs> appearance. But I really didn't know how right I was. I didn't know this was gonna be more of a supernatural type of thing. Um, I thought it was just, you know, oh, he's, he's definitely the bad guy type of thing. And I, I honestly, like I said, I was bored. Um, I, I was not completely a hundred percent bored by this movie, but at the beginning I was kind of like, ugh. 
It does. It does move. Uh, it's got, you know, it's on the slow side in some places. Again, you know, we all have different reasons why we're attracted to different movies. I oh, just, definitely. you know, uh, he does such a phenomenal job in it. And, uh, yeah, I like, he, he I really like, does. I like film noir and it's really that here's, and it's also a period piece that I happen to like. I mean, they go back to a little bit, you know, they go back a good 50, 60 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's in the past. But I really enjoyed him you know, in it, and and uh, it's, it was the kind of movie that every time I watched, I seemed to get something different out of it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, cause okay. I, because um, the thing that I noticed, um, kind of kind of right off the bat, was there's a lot of symbolism in the movie. I don't think I really yeah. caught everything in there, but I did notice that it's heav- it heavily relies on symbolism throughout the movie. Well, I think the 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 thing that's pretty bizarre is he's. He's hired to find himself. Yeah, you know. And, um, I don't. I I saw the conclusion right off, right away after his meeting with Robert De Niro. Like as soon as he's uh, driving away to. Hipster. Uh, uh, <laughs> um. Like I knew. Like right away. Like okay. This he's Johnny. But I definitely didn't know the, you know, any of the events that were going to lead to that. I thought it was just going to be a simple murder mystery. Nothing uh, supernatural about it. So I did think that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, even though, yeah, I, I did see that. I, I yeah. Um, but as far as like symbolism goes, um, you know, I, I I saw a lot of fans in there. I don't know what that oh meant. Oh my gosh, yeah. But I I want to know what that meant. But I, I never got a chance to look that up. Kind of. I did see. Uh, I mean, there's a couple scenes where he's riding that elevator, which he eventually, you know, fully gets into at the end. But I did see that right, as right. okay, that's him getting lowered into hell, or you know, the elevator is right. hell. Um, one of the cool things I, I noted, or I honestly didn't notice it when I was watching, but I was looking up the movie afterwards and, uh, the, I don't know if it was the lawyer's name or who he represented, but it was Winesap and, uh, Macintosh were the, the names of the, the law firm. And those are, yeah, those are two names of, uh, apples. So, you know, then the whole devil and apple thing was pretty cool. Right. I never put that together. And then, uh, they, they, (laughs) And then they they give it away at the end, but uh, you know his name is Lewis Cipher and you know Lucifer, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. Which yeah, that was so like there was some some definitely eighties cheesy parts in this movie, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Can I? I just gotta say, whenever he meets a white wine step or whatever his name is for the wine first, for whenever he meets him, not wait is that the state? No, that's, that's the, a lawyer. the the lawyer guy. Yeah. When he meets him for the first time, that is the weirdest handshake I have ever seen. <laughs> they just kind of like go like, like it's just yeah, so... yeah. Oh, when he's meeting Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, the devil. No, no, no. He, no? Not the he kinda... devil handshake. It's the other guy. Whenever okay. they're on that balcony, the guy just kind of like does like right. a crab claw grab on his hand, and it's just so weird. It looks so awkward. Yes. I think the thing with the um. I might be mistaken, but I think also with the fans getting back to the fans, I oh, think yeah. they're they're going in the counter direction than they're supposed that then that's natural or normal. Now, they're uh, spinning in the wrong directions. Oh, really? Now that uh, yeah. that makes some sense. Okay. I, I just I just thought of it right now, but um, I think the fans start kind of spinning every time he um, you know, unknowingly murders whoever yeah. he's interviewing. Yeah, it's there's always some around then. It's it's around yeah like the the um, you could think of him as a possessed soul or you could right. think of him you could think of it as voodoo or whatever you want to think of it as but later when you go and they go back and they actually show you 
what really went on in the scenes that we saw already, but we see the full scene. He is doing the murders. Yeah. Yeah. And then you oh, have your about, fans. Okay, ta- yeah. Talking about that thing, like, they, they kind of foreshadowed that this dude was a murderer well before he did any murders in the movie, at least. Like, he, he walks by, whenever he's going to see Lewis Sight for the first time, he walks by that door and there's that nun cleaning off that wall that was just splattered with blood. And he's like, what happened? He's all, oh, this dude shot himself in the head. So, uh, Lewis Cipher's over here. <laughs> and it's just like, that, there's um, that, no... That, that, that person is actually the De Niro character, too. Yeah. And, uh, the little, oh, the, is the, that? Okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end, you see uh, that hooded. He's in the, yeah, Right, but he's okay. clean-shaven, and it's it's Robert De Niro under the hood. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just so nuts how, how he sees, oh, dude shot himself in the head. Okay. Like, it's not even a big deal. And, like, that, yeah. that wasn't it a was, murder that he actually did. But still, you can tell, okay, there is something wrong with this dude. Was, like, from it, the very beginning. It was just a simpler time, I think. <laughs> I don't know, because they, they kind of show later on, too. I mean, he just, he really did. Uh, I mean, every time he murdered, like, every time he walked in on somebody being dead, he was not surprised. Yeah, I mean, he also was supposedly a hard-boiled private eye. And he, I, even, I, he, over, he even says, though, at some point that, you know, he's not a big fan of stiffs and he usually does small-time cases. Well, yeah, but, well, uh, well, and that's kind of what I picked up off of that. I mean, I, I kind of picked up a, a different a different feel of that where he says he's not a fan of it, but he's totally comfortable with it. Every time yeah. he sees somebody dead, he doesn't react. He's just yeah. like, he's just like, okay. Like, I mean, like he walks in after, you know, the, the old guy, the doctor, the meth addict doctor or whatever. Yeah. He walks in. Yeah, morphine. Yeah. He walks in, and the dude's been shot in the eye, and his brains are splattered all over the bed. He just sees him, closes the door, cleans yeah. off everything, and leaves. No yeah. no reaction, no, like, oh, shit! You know, like, there was nothing. There was yeah, no... Yeah, but realize, realize that's what we're seeing then. Later, you see what really happened Well, there. yeah, well, and that's that's what I mean, like, as far as, so like, So, we're the... really getting a combo of it, really. Exactly, and I, and I, I thought that was just kind of, like, a, they keep slapping you in the face with, this dude is a killer, this dude is a killer, yeah. and, um... I don't know. I, I I just thought. Well, for one, I, that kind of added to just this really unsettling feeling to me. And like the whole movie made me feel a little unsettled. Like whenever I finished oh, yeah. watching it, I felt kind of ugly. Yeah. And 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 I I think that's what they wanted to do. And I I thought it came across really well, honestly. Like even though the the movie to me kind of dragged. Um, yeah. It was so deliberately paced. That I, right. I I wanted to watch more. I have a couple notes in here where I was kind of like, okay, forty five minutes to go. Like I just wrote down like that was what was going through my head. Okay, only forty five more minutes, and yeah. and um, but it wasn't like I was just waiting for the movie to end. It was just I felt so like gross that I wanted it to end. You know, <laughs> uh. it, was, it was a little bit different to me. It was like a, it was almost like Easter egg hunt. After I got through the first couple of scenes, I started figuring out. You know, like I said, there's all these symbols in there. So, I this is kind of a movie I want to watch over and over just so I can kind of see every single little hidden thing in the background that kind That's of leads true, up to yeah. the conclusion. Yeah. You no, do get more every time. I know yeah. I always have. So it's definitely something I want to do down the road. How about okay? That scene, well, probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, the whole movie kind of had kind of had this unhinged kind of feeling to it just oh, yeah. a little bit off and my favorite scene is when he's he's um driving a car to uh to 
Florida or to you know to Louisiana. Yeah. Right. And he's whistling that tune, and it's like going along with what the background music was doing. Oh yeah, it was that, that tune, that was the whole just, tune. Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird, and and like the song is the tune itself is is so it sounds so disjointed. As far it as like, is, from a musician is, yeah. perspective, there's not really a uh, a rhythm to it. It's just this really just staccato, or not staccato, just really disjointed kind of feel. And um, yeah, and and the fact that he was whistling along with it, I was just like, "Whoa, that's cool!" Like as far as just like a filmmaking perspective, right. I was really into it. Yeah, that that little kind of um, it's a dissonant melody. It's going through the whole movie. It's the main theme song of Johnny Hans, Johnny Favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I have a note here. It just says this music is amazing. Such an awesome movie score. Kind of unsettling and unhinged, and it puts you on edge as far as just, oh, just yeah. the sound design really goes along with a lot of the visuals. They have like um, there's that scene where he's doing some private eyeing, <laughs> <laughs> and um, when and blood starts raining down. Oh God! That yeah. no, no, that no? is no. He's definitely doing something with his privates there. But uh, <laughs> but um, no, the the where he's looking, he's at that church or something. Mm. I don't even remember where he where he is, but he opens the door and he sees like that monkey, that like dead monkey skull. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden they start seeing that church music, but it's in like this minor key. Right. Yeah. And so it sounds so weird. And and at, for a second I couldn't tell what it was. It was just. It just cuts it in the middle of a vocalization, and so you just hear like this, bah! and yeah. it's just like oh, and then and then you see oh, it's a it's like a like a gospel song, but it just comes in on such a weird note, mm-hmm. like on yeah. such a weird chord. Um, that kind of stuff, as far as the sound design goes, was awesome. This dude, this director, has got to be a musician because, I mean, that that sound design was amazing. Yeah, it was. I agree. I'm talking a lot on this one, well, and I, I thought I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Like, I, I honestly, um, you know, I don't really have much, much of a music background, so I didn't appreciate the uh, the score as much, but I did enjoy the, the score. Vi- that was a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, but Robert De Niro, do you have any favorite lines we could go over, and then we just go straight to the rating? Um, gee. No, not a, I can't recall any favorite lines, in all honesty. The movie is very much, um, as you were just saying, you know, it's kind of visually compelling. It's vi- it's very, the audio, right on down to the sound mix is compelling. Mickey Rourke's acting is always compelling. So, you know, I... Oh. I'm drawn to all of those things. So I gotta, I gotta say one, I, I've got a bunch of notes, um, and a bunch of them are just kind of, it's like train of thoughts, just, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm just word vomiting all over my phone. And, um, but on, this, on this one, I kept it kind of short. I just threw over my overall thought of it and any, anything that kind of stuck out briefly. Well, okay, there's this, okay, talking about again, where that whole like unhinged, unsettling feeling, that scene where they're, where he's with that chick, that blonde chick or that redhead and they're getting naked. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and he he was like one of her, or she was like one of her, his contacts, but right, you can she, tell they're like getting ready to have sex or whatever. But right. they're just sitting there talking, talking business the talking entire time. Business, yeah. like they're having a regular conversation. They're like, "Oh yeah, Johnny Favorite used to be this guy, and he used to do this, and uh, yeah, this person knew well, him." Sometimes and, uh, you don't, have, you, sometimes you don't have time. You gotta it knock it all out at once. So bizarre, like like the, the music is totally not fitting for that. Uh, for that kind of a scene, as far as in typical movie fashion, 
you know, most of the time you hear like this sexy saxophone <laughs> or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Never gonna dance again. Um, but anyway, um, it was just so bizarre. Like, and several, several scenes in this movie were just maybe not, maybe not groundbreaking. Well, at the time they might have been groundbreaking. I don't know. I don't even think I was alive whenever this movie was made. But, um, it was so, like, to me, just so much different than anything I had seen, and in such subtle ways. What was? This movie. What part of it? I, I didn't hear it. Like, in general, like, all, so many scenes of this movie were so much different than anything I had seen, mm-hmm. and so, so just, just off. They just seemed off. I know, I, I really dug most of the movie. Um, oh, yeah, me too. I, I didn't, I didn't think anything was off as far as that went, um, Everything that was, you know, kind of weird was just the uh, the, the demon eyes at the, the end. The, the, <laughs> the kid the, with the demon the, eyes. The thriller eyes. Well, not even his. It was uh, Robert De Niro's was the ones that were, looked a little off. Uh, the kids actually terrified me. And that, I yeah. laughed. That, I laughed that, so that, hard. I don't know. That got me really good because I was going to bed right after I finished watching. and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just the way, because you can see it was kind of looped kind of weird. So the kids kind of staying in the same spot. And he, you know, was kind of pointing at him. I, I don't know. It, it honestly creeped me out. It did its job, I thought. But, it was, uh, wow. yeah. Oh, how about that whole thing with the nose shield? That was just so weird. It was, yeah. Were nose yeah. shields a thing? <laughs> it was I mean, eccentric. Oh, they were back then, yeah. That yeah. Was just, he, was talk, he was talking about, I wrote a note here, where, like the guy was talking about, oh yeah, you should take a nose shield. Uh, it'll, uh, you know, protect you from the sun and even protect you from getting wet. And then later on, he's caught in, a, in the rain in um in uh Oh, I don't even remember where he was, and I was like, caught in the rain, should have used his nose no shield. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, I kind of always pull the funny things out of, out of what I see, and there's one line that I almost fell to the ground laughing, it was when he was uh, uh, talking to um, Toot Sweet, <laughs> and I can't remember if he, if he was asking yeah. about Johnny, if he was asking about the other per- person in the band, he was like, yeah, I knew him, he used to play drums like a Jack Rab- like Jack Rabbit's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Sweet was probably my favorite character in that. He was intense. Um, yeah, he so, was. Uh, Scott, one out of ten. What is your rating on the film? Oh, uh, Angel Heart for me. I'd probably have to go nine. I called. Uh, I I just have to interject this. I called that she was his daughter. Oh yeah, Whatever. Lisa Bennett. Well, yeah. Because I knew. Okay, this guy's Johnny favorite. I I I, I, I you you said it too. You saw it from the beginning. He's Johnny favorite. Then when he had sex with his 17-year-old daughter, oh, what? That was so, ugh. <laughs> the fuck? Disgusting. That whole scene was so freaking disgusting. I had to I had to throw it in there. I'm sorry. And then it starts raining blood from the ceiling and all that stuff, and it was just, ugh. That entire time, well, I just I thought, like, that's a period it. joke waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Bob... You're not here, uh, Jason. Rating? Oh yeah. Um, I have so many good ones for this. Um, Choose one because I'm going last. Okay. Um, I'll give this movie five gallons of gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> out of how many gallons of gumbo? Uh, I don't know. Just five Endless. gallons out of the right. entire vet that that dude got drowned in. I'll give it a uh, eighty out of a hundred chickens because I got a thing about chickens. Oh god! Uh, yeah. Eighty out of a hundred—that's an eight out of ten. Yeah. I can math. Good job. Yes. <laughs> I get applause. <laughs> it's like 
two out of five. That's like two out of five. Um, all right. Pope of Greenwich Village. Coming up <laughs> next on That Movie Podcast with Bob and Jason, even though Bob is dead. Rest in peace, Bob. Rest in peace. Rest in peas. Rest in peas. So for the longest time, um, I pulled a, uh, a valley girl, and I totally thought this was Pope of Greenwich Village. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Californian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Pope of Greenwich Village, Charlie and his troublesome cousin, Polly, decide to steal for $150,000 in order to back a quote-unquote sure-thing racehorse that Polly has inside information on. The aftermath of the robbery gets them into serious trouble with the lo- local mafia boss and the corrupt New York City Police Department. Release was uh, June 22nd, 1984. Uh, starred Mickey Rourke, of course. Uh, Eric Roberts. Oh my gosh, that was Eric Roberts? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a very young Eric that's, Roberts. That's kind of what I want to get into during this. Was wow. uh, uh, I really enjoyed Eric Roberts in this. I did not put and, that together. <laughs> um, Go on. Well, yeah, I guess we'll start right off with that. Was um, I think Polly was definitely uh, not the best character, but I really liked Eric Roberts in it because he had that whole energy to him. Um, just you know, when they're walking down the street, just kind of dancing around. Um, yeah, <laughs> talking to, a, talking I, to Charlie. One and of, one of my first notes is "fuck Polly." <laughs> 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 yeah, I did larger than life, and I I, I kind of wish like you know I can be around him then because for me. Um, Eric Roberts is what one one of uh, Fal- was a Falcone in Dark Knight, like one of the mob bosses then. Yeah. So that's kind of what I I know him from. But it was just kind of odd to see him. He's got that kind of like mafioso. He, yeah, type he's always deal. been like more like the the mob bad guy type character, and this one he's just kind of like some underlying like. He's like, like the start, the beginning of a mob boss, because he pulls that whole thing with the lie, which is totally a mob thing. That's kind of what I wanted yeah. to like do in my head was connect this movie to The Dark Knight. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Succeeded. Nerd, nerd, nerd dumb, nerd dumb points there. Nice. Nerd dumb. <laughs> favorite line. <laughs> Cop shit his pants. Cop <laughs> shit his pants. <laughs> my favorite scene right there. <laughs> That's one thing. Okay, okay. This is a mob movie, but this was a freaking comedy. It was more. And I it was loved it. really, really just like a crime movie. Almost like I would almost say it was just a heist movie. Not so much a mob. I know the mobs in there, and it's all a big influence on it. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't really see it as but a I mean, mob it's, movie it's though. It's such a comedy compared to compared to like what what I expected. Right. When I started, when I when I went into this, I was not expecting a comedy. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you could make arguments for a lot of different genres. I mean, it's a buddy oh, film. Yeah. It's about, it's about friendship. It's about friendship. Oh, sorry. I think I was cutting you off. Can you say that again? Um, you're Yeah, it's going into that robotic thing again. Right. I just recently connected (laughs) to my Wi-Fi to get my notes. Sorry. I have really crappy internet, apparently. Well, do you know what you have? You know what your speed connection is? It's AT&T and it's supposed to be six megabits per second, but it's not. I wish we had freaking Google Fiber over here already. You know, uh, Fresno was actually on the list when they were considering towns, and we... Uh, too, ma- too much meth. <laughs> too much meth. Too much meth in Fresno. No Google Fiber for them. <laughs> Did you know that we are the meth... Uh, well, Fresno. Fresno County is the meth capital of California. Wow, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, that's really sad. So, uh, well, People are always surprised to see that I have all my teeth still. Yeah. <laughs> Just all the meth, it's in the air. <laughs> uh, oh, 
god. Okay, so um, one thing. Okay, Scott, you're you're from that area that this movie took place in. Yeah, just, yeah, uh, it's a very yeah. Okay, what's up with the dudes walking with their arms linked? Yeah, you know, I don't recall that in the movie, but that's I have that's something that if you think I kind of. Them. I, I kind of think that's more of like a family type thing because I mean they're really you know close even though they're what they're second third, cousins third, third cousins, cousins. I, th- I think that was more that was just, just yeah, the family they, camaraderie they showed, type thing. Yeah, they showed several scenes of them walking walking across the street or like down the street with their arms linked, and I was just kind of curious and I figured since you're from the area, Scott, maybe you would know, but uh, if not, that's cool. I'm playing Red Rover. Well, I got to tell you, it's um I don't re- I, I don't understand why I'm not remembering more of that. They did that a lot. They did about, I, I, uh, I, about four or five times. Maybe two times. Four or five. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> once. I just exaggerate all the time. There's Scott. probably two seconds of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall it. I really don't recall it. It's okay, definitely also, not like... It's not an oh, East on. Coast thing or anything. No, I think okay. it's more of the time and also... I mean, they're really like close-knit Italians. They're, just, they're probably trying to show, yeah, that even though they're third cousins, they're like super close... I gotta say though the uh, the sandwich that Paulie made that looked like the best sandwich in the oh world. Oh my god, yes! Another note I wrote down was just smoking in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awesome when he was talking to his uncle. Yeah. About uh, about just the whole horse, you know. Oh, that was that was, that was his dad, deal. wasn't it? That was was his that dad. That was Paulie's dad. Okay, I don't even know anymore. Uh, but he's just sitting there smoking in a hospital. I thought, how great is that? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? The smoking rules back then were a lot different. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I remember seeing some, um, one of my, it's my sister-in-law's grandma. She was saying the doctor told her to smoke while she was pregnant because it's a healthy thing. Well, even then, like, you can see, like, uh, cigarette ads from, like, the, the late 40s, early 50s, and, you know, doctor, doctor recommends this brand of cigarettes. Yeah, well, and I remember, yeah. too, I saw I saw a really old cartoon from a long time ago, and it just said, this episode of blah, blah, blah was brought to, brought to you by smoking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know, like... they thought that, they thought that it um, relieved stress, and yeah. it, the only thing it did was relieve your need for nicotine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I, you know, again, unfortunately too, you know, there's, there's a pretty good age difference between myself and you guys. And these movies are pretty old. Oh yeah. Um, This one actually reminded me a lot of like my dad and his brothers, because this is around the time when they were my age was when this movie. Around the time they were Italian. Well, (laughs) maybe on my mom's side. Oh, okay. Um, But as far as the style goes, like, that's exactly how uh, my dad and his brothers would dress. And it just reminded me of them because they were, um, my dad's side is like a huge uh, uh, family. There's like 13 siblings on on his side. So um, they were, you know, kind of really close, like like Charlie and Polly. So it reminded me a lot of them. And they grew up in Chicago. So I I don't know. I I saw a lot of my uh, family in, in, in that family i guess i had to split this one this movie up i watched a lot of it um yesterday but finished it today after i got out of work um the one the one thing that stuck to me though was was that uh the cop with the wire why was his reaction to jump down a well and die oh my god <laughs> it was an elevator shaft yeah they yeah, called they, just, they just go freeze oh <laughs> he just jumps down the elevator shaft Oh man, that that kind of was like part of the comedic thing, though. It's like it was, it was so yeah. fucked up that that was funny, but it was funny. <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know. That was supposed to be funny, but 
I don't know. I laughed because, like, yeah, he just freaked out. I, I, He's just sneaking, like, like crawling around, like with that, like, typical kind of like, "Ooh, I'm sneaking" pose. I didn't see and, it as like, like I, I laughed just because of how ridiculous it was. Like, I knew it wasn't like, you it know, was so it wasn't surreal. like a, it wasn't like a, a comedy move uh, uh, by the movie. It was it just definitely wasn't a wow. fall. It was, right. it was just like a holy shit. He just dove for cover into an elevator shaft. Um, one of my favorite lines in the movie um, is is from Charlie's girlfriend. Daryl um, Hannah. Yeah. Um, she says, why are you always just one inch away from being a good person? And, like, they're having this whole fight, and in the fight she basically tells him she's pregnant, and there's all this stuff. And, and um, basically he, he just, he makes a terrible decision and puts on the shades and decides to be the bad guy, turns around and leaves. Just not a great guy. No, yeah. and it, it's, it's, it's crazy how, um, how even though in, in a movie like this where there was a lot of, of stuff I couldn't take seriously, there was, there was stuff like this that was just kind of, it had a pretty good impact on, um, you know, it had, it had a pretty relevant story. Well, you know, I think that, um, if you if you kind of look into their relationship a little more, those two really weren't meant to be together in a lot of ways because yeah, she definitely she she's never going to accept you know Charlie uh, Charlie's values or like why he is so loyal and loves his buddy so much and she wants him to move away from him. Like there's that one line that they say something about I don't know she she makes some kind of comment about outgrowing your family or something. She's yeah. a wasp and they, they, you know they're hardcore that, Italians. That was, that was one thing. Like this is the the first time I've ever heard that uh, uh, word used like that was wasp. I, is is that like a, a non-Italian or? Well, that's yeah, that's you know white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, and I mean that's a it's somewhat of a slur uh-huh. that's. It's somewhat of a slur that's not used anymore. You know, again... Happy to learn it. I was like, all right, a new word to use. Yeah, so going, I am a wasp. Yeah, pretty you're much. going back you're my wasp. 40, you know, you're going back almost 30 years, 35 right. years. But, uh, you know, very different values than the old Italian values. Yeah. Right. Well, and one thing I thought was awesome, too, as far as, you know, talking about the old Italian values. I mean, he decides to be the bad guy. A well, a well, quote unquote bad guy. He he decides, you know, like you said. I mean, they they aren't they aren't gonna work. So he he leaves and he decides to kind of be her bad guy. And he still goes and he mails the Irishman's money. Right. To he, his, well, he to still his ha- yeah, he still has the honor in it. And I I really don't even think she had a right to call him a bad guy because she stole the money. To yeah, begin she with. stole his money. Yeah, <laughs> she stole forty five thousand yeah. dollars of his money. <laughs> What a bitch! <laughs> what a wasp! <laughs> what a wasp! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I thought that was so cool how he turns around. Uh, okay, so I mean, again, you know, in my notes, I just wrote down he puts on the shades, decides to be a bad guy, but then goes and mails the Irishman's money. That's amazing. And 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 how awesome was that? That that Irishman really he saw what he was capable of, and he saw this great opportunity. Went for it, threw away his life so that he could give his family a better yeah, life. Yeah, that's and that, me as a family man. That was really touching. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I liked it a lot too because they were like, you know, he's he's an old school uh, criminal. I guess is what they call what we'll probably call him. So yeah, you know, yeah, he's the guy with the experience, and he knew, yeah, like you said, exactly what he's going to get into, and he had his kind of escape plan, I guess. Okay, another note I wrote down. <laughs> I just wrote down how is Polly still alive? Because he was such a little shit. Like, the whole movie. He's always pissing everybody off. Um, 
But but at the same time, he's got balls. I mean, the dude's got balls, which is how you move ahead in in that kind of you know in that kind of yeah. setting. Which is I mean, how he became yeah. the head of the Falcone family. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's freaking mad. But but I mean, it was it was. Um, I, I just yeah, this, I just wrote down how is Polly still alive? I mean, he he pisses off everybody in the movie, yeah. and yet somehow ends up uh, on top. <laughs> Yeah. That was awesome. Like, I, that's my it's, favorite it's, type it's of because character. Because he has that eye for opportunity. Like, you know, oh, this this uh, Irish cop always shows up over here at this time every day to use my pisser. And then that's when he poisons like, him with a laxative. Ah, two horse laxatives. Right. And then his uh, his uncle, kind of uncle, was like, you know, I would put lye in his, his cappuccino, you know, if I had the yeah. opportunity to. And yeah. that's and exactly what he does. Yep. Yeah. Which, oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. Um,. Anyway, you got any more notes, Matt? Um, not not a lot. Um, I did want to say my one favorite line was when uh, um, uh, she reveals that she's pregnant to uh, to Charlie, and he's like, "Come over here, come over here, come over here, don't come over here." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I it, it's kind of dumb, but I like that. Um, you know, there's, there's a character Polly, and then the guy that plays the bedbug is Polly from Rocky. So yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. The bed bug, I thought, was just such an awesome name. For I did it. Boss. I thought it was kind of dumb at first, but it, it definitely grew on me. And I, I yeah. Bed bug Eddie. Yeah, bed bug Eddie. Oh, I met man. bed. I know. I met that. I I got to spend a little time with Burt Young. He's a really sweetheart of a guy. He's a phenomenal actor. He's been in a million movies. Yeah, um, I've always known him from you know the Rocky series. Sure. And I kind of wondered, right. wondered like, is he kind of that kind of surly and angry in person? But. <laughs> Oh, God, no. He's the total opposite. He's a sweetheart. Nice. That's kind of funny, too. We were talking about that with Michael Ironside, how Michael Ironside always plays such a, like, just like a piece of shit. And then and then you come to find out he's, like, one of the nicest guys on Earth. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, I mean, it is acting, but you see a lot of people feel or think, lay people think, that you know, a lot of uh, uh, an actor's personality creeps into the roles, right. and that's also true too. I mean, to I, a point, definitely, yeah. And, and um, I, I think I thought that when I was younger, but now um, that I'm older, I think uh, the more angry a character makes me, the more I should appreciate just the actor and you know realize that's not who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I, think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a podcast without me mentioning Game of Thrones. But the kid that plays Joffrey <laughs> on Game of Thrones absolutely hate him. But I think you know he has to be one of the best actors. <laughs> Yeah. Because of how much I hate that character. <laughs> Gotta have that Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, Scott, do you have a favorite scene? A favorite scene in that one? There's a yeah. couple of them. Uh, probably probably when... Um, oh, gosh. Yes. Well, right after, the, right after the thumb, after he gets his <laughs> oh, thumb. Oh, my gosh. That was mine. Yeah. And, he sh- well, and he shows up at Rourke's place, and he takes care of him. Uh, this is just very poignant, you know? And when he uh, serves him his uh, little breakfast or lunch in bed. Yeah, with the white bread uh, and the... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard to pick a scene because it's, I mean, the whole movie in its entirety is very, very p- moving for me. It's, I've always found it very poignant and touching. And you're, t- you're looking at, at that point in time, those guys were still very new to the game. And they were like, those are two very powerful performances. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. They you know, that's, the you're going back both of them. You're going back to a time when Eric Roberts was actually more popular or more of an up-and-coming actor than his sister. Julia. Yeah. It's so sad that Julia Roberts is the one who outshined. 
in my opinion. Well, you know, he took a lot of strange roles as time went on, and yeah. that, that sometimes I, that I, I, I like this one a lot, though. I, 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 it was a fun character. I thought, like, I, I definitely didn't like who he you was. Know, he he but... followed that up. I think he followed that up with Star Eighty. I haven't seen that. No, I've and never it, heard of that. Okay, well, that's a, based on a true story about uh, some playmate whose boyfriend kind of went nuts and killed her. It's based on a true story. If you ever want to see... And he's a real unlikable lunatic in that in a lot of ways. And it's based on a true story. And the Dorothy Stratton. It's the Dorothy Stratton story. Okay. Star 80. Star 80. It sounds yeah. like a Lifetime original movie. <laughs> the Dorothy Stratton story. Yeah. Well, she was a real playmate, and, you know, her jealous lover ended up killing her. Wow. That's and then fun. killing himself, I think. I, I'm pretty sure oh. that's what I... It was a very sad story. Yeah, but that it's, you know, awful. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I think he became too heavily identified with that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, that, that, that's kind of funny, too. Um, in the in the whole uh, Hollywood community, not just Hollywood, but the, the whole, like, you know, movie star community... People can. It's really easy to get pigeonholed. If yeah. you if you have this breakout role, all of a sudden every role has to get has to be that. Right. Sure. And and it's really sad. And and that's one thing that that I was impressed with with Mickey Rourke, where every one of these roles is different. Every yeah. like on all three of these movies. And and honestly, Scott, uh, thank you for picking these three movies because I would never have watched any of these. Sure. Great. And, um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was kind of awesome. It was, it was a bit of a horizon expander. Because oh, I'm was, very glad. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was like, something. Yeah. Like Jason was saying, cause I'm, I'm used to, you know, the current Mickey Rourke and, you know, he'll be in like Expendables or he'll be in Sin City and yeah, right, just right. kind of be this, this mug really. And the, yeah. these were definitely, um, things I didn't know he was capable of. Oh yeah. Right. And he was so handsome. Definitely. He was beautiful. Oh, yeah. oh, that was he beautiful. was, he really was. <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, but to me, he looked a lot like Michael Madsen. I don't know who that is. Is he dreaming? Well, he... Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he had okay. that, you know, he had that uh, James Deany thing going. Right. The pout, you know, he was a phenomenal actor. He wasn't putting on any airs. He was yeah. just very naturally charismatic. Okay, let, let's just talk about the ending. We'll go to the rating. We'll call it good. All right. um, oh, my God. I was... I loved the power play that Charlie was pulling when he goes that, in. That was the the most intense uh, uh, cup of coffee I've ever seen. Well, okay, no, 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 I'm not even talking about the cup, oh, okay. cup of coffee. What? Okay, my experience with watching this movie, he goes in, he pulls the power play, he's telling the bed bug, "I got a tape, I got a tape." Like that entire like interaction over coffee before, yeah. not like not okay, him actually yeah. drinking the coffee, so but that entire just. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is another reason why I say fuck Polly. Because he sits there, he comes in, and, and Charlie's like, I got a tape, you can't do nothing to me. He goes, he goes, I'm going to take this to the cops, and you're going to be done forever, for good. And then, this whole thing is like awesome, he's like, he's talking about how this is your church, well, I'm the Pope. And right. he just pulls this whole line, it's poetic, it's amazing, and then Polly pours Lioness coffee. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a, it was such a, like, he, he ruined such an amazing thing. It's just classic Polly. Yeah. Right there. It's just, the dude just, okay, and by the way, I got a, here's a personal experience. I don't know if anybody has ever had any experience with lye, but at work, we have this stuff called caustic soda, which is just, it's pure lye. It's just white powder. We sell them in 40 pound bags. Ooh. So it's this big 40 pound bag of lye. Well, I was moving 
bags of lye around, and I was wearing short sleeves because it was in the middle of summer. Well, one of the bags had a hole in it, and the basically this bag was completely covered in lye. I didn't know it. So I pick it up. I get lye all over my arms, and my arms just get completely red and inflamed. Ugh. And what basically what lye does is it sucks any bit of moisture mm. out of whatever it touches, and it creates this huge acid burn. Yeah. Uh. Um, I got one one kernel of lye right like right on my eyelid. My entire eye started to swell. It was oh, awful. Boy. Yeah, no, like, it you was got amazing. A, so so you got uh, you got a lyzy eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so freaking years for not being a dad. You tell a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I had my I was miserable. This stuff burned like like mad. And then I watch him pour lye into this guy's coffee. I mean, that guy had to have died. Yeah, he would have no, died. Was like, he died. I mean, flat out, because like uh, that, that, that would have gone into your esophagus. It would have probably collapsed your esophagus. That's why he freaking I mean, jetted so back on starts, his chair. Yeah, and... He's all like, <sighs> and he just like starts running down the street, like probably trying to find a hospital. I mean, oh my god, that dude was dead. Yeah, no, that, that that's highly toxic internally. Oh my god, yeah. Anyway, um. I thought it was just, I honestly, like, at first, I was really pissed off at Polly for, for, for doing the lie thing when, when Charlie was pulling this power play. Right. And then I was just like, you know what? That's freaking awesome. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the chances are, even though Charlie pulled a great power play, they'd have to be watching their back in that neighborhood forever. That, oh, and yeah. I don't, I don't even think there's a lot of, uh, incriminating evidence on that tape, so I don't think if, if things went wrong, he could really do much with that tape. Maybe not, yeah, but I mean, I just thought it was so like so poetic and so awesome, and then all of a sudden it's just like, nope, lie in the coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do we say? What do you guys? You guys have any final words, or you just want to rate this thing? <laughs> I think we could go to rate it. I, I think yeah. my I think my audio recording is going to max out soon too. Yeah, let's, right, let's, let's get to it. rating. Okay. Do you want to go first, Scott? Well, this is another super Rourke favorite. I would go with probably a nine. Another nine. Nice. I think um, I don't know this. I I like the movie. It's definitely the weaker of the three. Uh, for, oh, for, for, I totally one hundred percent disagree. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna give it like a one thumb stump up. <laughs> that's pretty close. I was gonna rate this you one out it, of two thumbs. Give it one cutoff thumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, since you went with a thumb thing, I'm gonna say because I really like this movie and I would totally watch it again. Two out of two horse laxatives. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they played that like Irish tune to him, like yeah. <laughs> trying to power Jeez, walk to man. the shitter. <laughs> and then he calls. We got an officer down, yeah. <laughs> and all the cops show up. <laughs> and just like they were talking about too, how he goes, how many, how many of these do they give a a, a normal horse? And he says one. <laughs> and he poured two into the guy's coffee. <laughs> Or his liquor. Yeah, it was his, it was his yeah, whiskey, it was like whiskey. His bourbon. Oh, man. That would totally mess no, you up. That it, guy I... probably died, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, we rated this. We're done. So, no more no more talk. <laughs> um, hey, so, Scott, this was... Ad, I... I'm kind of surprised that this one would be the least liked out of the three. I thought, hands down... That was Bar- just by I... me. I, uh, Jason said he disagreed. No, I loved it. Oh, I, I, uh, this, this one's my favorite out of the three. 
I only thought because Barfly is really not for everyone, you know. Right. Barfly is actually, really... I was kind of the reverse. Barfly was my favorite of the three, and then Angel Heart, oh, wow. and then that's uh, great. Uh, Popo that's Green so Witch cool. Village. That's very cool. Great. Um, yeah, and, and I, uh, am, for me, it probably went uh, Pope, uh, then Barfly, then Angel, then, then Angel probably Heart. a couple more movies, and then Angel Heart. <laughs> <laughs> So, Scott, do you have any any like projects upcoming or anything you want to push? I mean, you know, since you're on our show, you want to advertise anything? Well, I have a couple of film things coming up that are not set to where I could really talk all that much about them. But um, I am working on an audio version of my book that's probably going to come out sometime around the time Clerks 3 actually happens, which will be 2016. Oh, nice. Yeah, and a lot of people, there's a lot of guest readers, because it's a collection of poems and short stories. It's a lot, it's very similar to Bukowski type of work. And, is this more, and did, did you say this is more like a biography? No, it's, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of loosely based Lo- loosely on Loosely like, li- like he yeah. would, right. Right, right. The reflection upon himself. Right, and um, you know we got a lot of people reading different sections, different stories. A couple of the couple of my cast, you know, castmates from the Clerks films are reading, and I, you know some musicians, some of the ex Misfits are reading. So it's it, I got that going, but it's a long, it's going to be a long process because it probably won't be ready for release until well into 2016. Right, and that's well, just that's just the audio recording, but the actual book has been. Oh, well, the is, book's is yeah, the there, book's right? been yeah. out since book's been out since 2013. 2013. You, can find it, you can find it mostly wherever you can find books now, like Amazon or yeah, it's all over Amazon. It's it's actually it's not in, it's not in any uh, it's not on the shelves. It's it's like just digital. Digital. Well, no, no, you could buy the book from Amazon, but you, if you walked into Barnes and Noble, it, gotcha. they'd have to order it. It wouldn't be on think, the shelf. Uh, do you think maybe you can send us like a link we can share on our page? Yeah, sure. I'll send when I send you this file. I'll send you some more information about it. Okay, that'd be awesome, yeah. Um, also, Scott, I mean, uh, th- this has been a hell of a lot of fun, and um, I know you and Sean are buds, and uh, Sean is invited back anytime he feels like, and same with you, Scott. Oh, great. Yeah, but, man, hell, thank you so much for being on the show, and, uh, you know, sometime I'd like to hear your music. Yeah, well, you know what? I can actually, I'm also, I'll send you, along with the links, I have a lot of uh, free download codes you could download the, the it's a it's a collection of film music it's all instrumental you know i've been cool. in, i've been in some rock bands over the years and there's a couple albums out there that you can get but this one is uh, the one i have the free download codes for is the most recent collection of film music of music i did for a number of films over the last 10 years oh so that's I'll, awesome i'll send you all that yeah. Well, hey, if you if you'd like, uh, what I did with Sean and what I'm going to do with any musician who's ever on our show, um, Amanda here, who hasn't really said much, um, <laughs> she is actually the one who writes and performs all the music on our show. Oh, great! So, like that Gremlins uh, cover you heard on the beginning of the mini cast. Uh, uh-huh. that's, uh, that's kind of our mini cast theme. Uh, she did everything on that. You know, all the oh, instruments uh. and everything. And likewise for the little outro music and, and everything, the the theme music for our show, I mean, 100% uh, all done by her. Wow, that's and, very um, cool. Right and, on. Uh, yeah, and so like with Sean, when Sean was on our episode, we used nothing but his music. Um, so if you'd like, if you send us that stuff, I'll try to see if I can fit that in in our show. All right, yeah, I'll get you the link. I'll get you, I'll send you the download codes. 
Sweet. Hell yeah. Hell All right. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Scotch. 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 It was that barfly. Yes. All right. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Hey, Thanks, you guys. too. All right, everybody. That was Scotch Yafo, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. yeah. But oh, Let's man. not have Bob more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll no, edit that in post. Record no. time. Bob, we need you back. <laughs> record time, surprisingly. Yes, the person know? who's straight to the point isn't here, and we're on time. <laughs> and we're on time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is is I want to I wanna start... Well, for one, um, and this is going to be going on, on the show, I think. You know, we are moving to every two weeks, and it'll probably be like Hopefully. we record one week, um, and then no matter how long it takes to edit, um, say it only takes you know two days to edit, yeah. we'll put it out the next week. So it'd be like record, release, record, release, and so on. We should also do like you know you you know more mini casts, but we should throw that in oh, between definitely. so we could even have like you put out the one uh, main episode and then work on the mini cast and throw that out the next week of so course, you can yeah. have that space here. And so yeah, so easier. yeah, definitely. I mean, and we want we want to keep trying to. Uh, get as much material for you guys as we can and um one thing is too is we're starting a patreon and um i'm i'm almost done with it i know we need to get a video up um we need to kind of put a video together for the patreon but uh that'll that'll be at a later date but uh anyway if you guys really like what's going on um we're gonna start posting kind of just the info for the patreon and um Patreon is if you haven't heard if you haven't heard of it before it's basically just a website where it's it, it's like a crowdfunding website and um, we have it set up to where it'll be like a monthly thing and you, so like hell if you like our show even if you throw a buck a month our way I mean it would be such a huge help you know what I mean I mean and that, that the only reason I say a buck is because that's the minimum amount you can donate. Um, and, and so now, you know, with that, Jason can afford good internet, so it doesn't get all hatchy yeah. when we're talking to people over Skype. Yes, um, and uh, well, and that's another thing too. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, there there are some costs. You know, I mean, I mean, we're we're a movie podcast, and we're going to start doing a lot more new movie mini casts and things like that. So we need to pay for movie tickets. Uh, it does take some time to edit this stuff. I mean, it, it does cost some resources, and and. Um, that's basically what it would cover. I mean, I, I'd say for the for the start of it, you know, I'd say like sixty bucks would be our goal. So that means like if sixty, we have way more than sixty listeners. So if sixty listeners pledged a dollar, that'd be that'd be it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, crowdfunding things have this whole if you donate this much, you'll get this every month. And if you do, and we're not at that point yet. I mean, we're a new podcast. Um, I would love to be at that point someday, where it's like, hey, we'll send you movie tickets or, or whatever, you know, or, or skittles, hey, huh? Awesome. What? We can't we we can't afford more than one skittle. It's yeah. just one skittle per. <laughs> we'll send you, you one skittle in the, the mail. You can have all the green ones oh, and like and the yellow. Oh, what? I love both of those. Those are the worst actually type of my person. favorites. So, Patreon. We talked about Patreon. Um, let's see here. You can catch uh, That Movie Podcast on iTunes. Um, wherever you found this episode. Yeah, wherever you found this episode, keep listening. No, um, what are we on? iTunes, Stitcher, any other real, any other podcatcher, really. But, yeah, um, I really miss Bob. Um, I honestly kind of feel like uh, my better half is gone. I felt kind of bad recording today because it's yeah. Kind of, oh, this so was kind bad. of Bob's, yeah, Bob's idea was the podcast. Oh, his yeah. This is Bob's baby. Uh, Bob, Bob's got the flu. Um, 
Yeah, it's just really awful. He, I I came back. Mandar came back from the dead, and Bob will too eventually. But uh, honestly, if if we didn't have a guest who was already lined up to do this, I would have said let's do it another day. Yeah. I mean, you know, it comes down to that. Thanks, thanks, Scott. Thanks God. Scott. Yeah, blow it. <laughs> no, but uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Um, our email uh, that movie podcast at gmail um, And honestly, like, send us send us stuff. Like, like seriously, like I know we've got a lot of artist friends out there. Like, send us pictures. It'd be so much fun. Nude pictures. Nude pictures. Dudes nudes. nudes. No, dude, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, send us like like your artwork. Send us all kinds of stuff. We'll feature it. We'll show it on our on our pages. We accept lady dudes nudes. Lady dudes. I like lady dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Bob is kind of a lady dude. But but honestly, in the relationship, it's more like he's the dad and I'm the mom. So, so I don't know. Work that out. This is why I have <laughs> issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Bob and Jason. Uh, Twitter at That Movie Pod. Um, you can find our website, thatmoviepod.blogspot.com. Are there any other socials or anything? I don't even know. We have a there's just, there's no. just too many moving parts. Uh, we don't have a YouTube yet. I actually started a YouTube account, but I haven't done anything on it yet. Squat on that account for now. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. subscribe. Subscribe, even though we have no videos. <laughs> Actual, like, uh, <laughs> popular show called That Movie Pod pops up. Yeah. And they buy it from us. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. I don't even know. Hey, guys, thank you so much for, for coming out and recording with us. And um, I really miss Bob. Just yeah. get over it. I really wish he could have been here. Get over it. No, nah, he. I, I asked him if he wanted to wanted us to. He said no. I had texted him a, a little bit. I said, "So you feel like you're gonna be up to it?" And he just said, "No, sorry, dude." And I was like, "Hey, it's, I understand." So anyway, till next time. Uh, next episode, we'll be doing Uma Thurman. Are Uma. we? Yes. Right. Me and Bob have decided. We we sort of just made an executive thanks, decision thanks here. For, uh, yeah, thanks for even mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about another episode. <laughs> well, and again, you know, too, like we're we're talking about doing every two weeks. Um, we're going to be trying to get as many... We've got a ton of ideas. Me, my, me myself... Is that even... I don't even care. Um, I, I've had one beer. So, so... Like three hours ago. I know, yeah. So that, no, that's what I'm saying is is all these, all these people talking about how I get really drunk on the podcast. I'm just fucking like that. Yeah. I'm just like that. Um, you got a condition? I do. I got, I got a condition. Uh, I can't words... So, um, um, yeah, next episode's Uma Thurman. Uh, we have, I don't remember what the movies were, but we were talking, me and Bob were talking about it. Um, and this is... uh, Batman and Robin, um, The Avengers. Yeah, we should do that movie just for fun. Oh, we, I know we're gonna do Kill Bill. I don't know if we're gonna do both volumes one and two or just volume one. Let's see. Uh, send your send your ideas for episodes in. I mean, seriously, people have been texting me a ton, and and from that, I've tried to write down as much as I can. But send send stuff to the Facebook or to the email, because it's way easier to keep track that way. I mean, other than text messages, because I get a ton of text messages. I'm just like I I hardly ever talk on the phone. It's just texting. <laughs> I'm such a girl. Oh my god, a text message. <laughs> Um, alright everybody, thank you for listening. Bye! Bye. We're gonna do an intro. <laughs> That'll be at the end of the- <laughs>